Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What's going on, guys? It's your boy, Anthony, back with another edition of the 4th Man Podcast. Thank you guys again for tuning in and happy to be back. It's been a little bit over, I guess a little bit under a month since the end of the Big 3 season. And it's early in the offseason. Not too much has happened just yet. But, you know, we're still want to try to get some postseason or I guess, you know, not the postseason, but post hyphen season reaction from some of these guys so that's that's the goal really and and to make sure that i'm keeping you guys aware and updated on everything that's going on in the big three one major announcement that's come on and then also an interview at the end of this episode so this first half will be pretty short before we get into the one big news that's happened in the big three since the end of the season i want to make sure you guys are following on all social medias that's where most of the content uh, that i'm producing you'll be able to see on a more regular basis at 4th Man Pod, 4th Man Pod on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, and any other social media platform. It'll probably always be 4th Man Pod. If you want to find the shows on YouTube, youtube.com slash 4th Man Pod, make sure you subscribe and hit that notification bell so you know when all the new episodes come out. It's kind of a scattered schedule throughout the season. And thank you again to everyone on Dash Radio and the Nothing But Net channel for tuning in as always. Like I said, pretty short First half of the episode, not a ton of news going on, obviously, with the ending of the big three season. It's more of just like kind of closing and tying some loose ends to to close out a very successful and satisfying 2022 season. But one major story or headline that came out is that the CEO of the big three, Chris Hannon, has been released. It was announced on August 31st that he would be out as CEO. And that Ice Cube would be taking over, I don't know if it's for the interim or for the, you know, it's just a solidified position that he's not the CEO, but Chris Hannon is out. And funny thing is, like, when I go to look this information up on the internet, you can only find positive things or like, or from, I guess, like SEO searches. It's only allowing you to find stories on when Chris Hannon was hired as CEO like two years ago. So that's kind of weird. I don't know. That's just like coincidence or maybe like covering that up after you know uh losing a big title like that I, I i don't know maybe i'm just assuming there but i just thought that was weird so i had to go back and look at it on my phone when i've actually posted the uh or made the post on my social media page but yeah chris Hannon's out as ceo after just two years and you know i i guess it's somewhat expected right i mean first and foremost i don't know how long you of a leash you give to CEOs like that seems like a pretty heavy investment to make. So it seems like you would stick with your CEO for a long time. But in this instance, right, you have a CEO and essentially you're bringing in Chris Hannon to say, hey, we've been off for a year. We need you to help not only get us back to the success we were having, like back to that point, but also take it a step further. And we need to be able to grow this thing and showcase the results uh, even further um, than what we were doing after coming back from you know, not having a season. So pretty tough challenge coming in for any CEO, right, to make sure that everything's up and running and that, um, you know, ultimately you're seeing like good things happening and you're able to 
raise awareness and drive revenue and ultimately be able to pay your players and have a good product and all those things, right? Like you're, it's a very hard, tough job. And I, I think, you know, for Ice Chief, he's already got so much on his plate. He had to appoint someone to handle the day, the day to day within the big three. And it's tough because like, you know, there wasn't, it's been a struggle to get to the past two seasons. Like, I mean, you know, let's not put it lightly. Having a year off did some damage to the league about the awareness, um, really just like the the progress they were making. I felt like it just kind of halted and maybe even took a step back a little bit because of the year off. And it was, it was always going to be a tough job. And I think, you know, at the point we're at now, I think Ice Cube made it a point in time where he's like, hey, like, uh, you know, I, I don't I don't know if it's necessarily any hard feelings, but like things did not things didn't end as well as you wanted to at the end of the season. You got players and coaches happy. I said Joe looks like he's no longer part of the league for the past two seasons. The teams have had to be removed at the end of the season so that you can make sure that you can continue on uh, and finish out, you know, whatever season we're in. I mean, it's just some some tough like you know that's just a couple of things that haven't gone well and have 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 left their imprint um negatively uh, on the league over the past two years like, that's just a couple of things like it's been a lot of things that have been going on i don't even know the things that are going on behind the behind the scenes you know i, I just get kind of some so i don't want to say necessarily like tips but you know i have some guys informing me uh informing me you know some things that could be going on or like that the fact that there is something going on what it is exactly i've never or i'm not usually sure of but guys are letting me that some things are going on and it seemed like from the post that uh you know i'm not gonna like call anyone specifically but it seems like from the post like there was like kind of a positive reaction from the people that are involved with the league players more specifically um, and maybe some personnel but some guys that were kind of excited about the move so that was kind of interesting to see as well. I think what it boils down to at the end of the day is this. It's Ice Cube sees that one, like with Chris Hanna, CEO, things weren't going well. He wasn't able to accomplish ultimately the goal that he had set out for him. And there's not really like much longer of a leash that you could give him. Like this is a startup league. Like things have to move quickly. You have to make things happen fast. And like two years is maybe too long of a leash um, when things aren't going right right when you're a ceo for a, a startup sports league so I, I think part of it is that i think the other part is like ice cube and i think we kind of saw this kind of at the end of the year is he's at a point where like hey maybe i just need to take over the reins like you know kind of the the moment of like fine i'll do it myself right like i, I think this is kind of his baby's project everything he's done has been successful and this is not to say this hasn't been successful but it's definitely not on the scale that i think he's seen his success in the past, but also to where he wants this, this league to go. Like, I think at the end of the day, Ice Cube wants this thing to be going forever and always, even, you know, past his days. So I think he's at a point in time where they're in a, they're in a crucial spot. And he said, Hey, you know, fine, I'll do it myself. I'll, I'll put more eggs in this basket than I am into other things. At least that's what it seems like. And I'll take over as CEO for now and make sure that by the time the 2023 season happens next summer, that we are good, locked in, and ready to go, and that 2023 is the biggest success story that we've had in this league since the inception of 2017. Like, I think that's just what it comes down to, um, uh, at least from the outside perspective. Now, internally, like, it, it's – I've mentioned before, it sounded like some things weren't going well, and I think 
you can also look at it as well. It starts at the top. So like maybe we just remove the, the you know, what's not happening or what the people at uh, the highest authority levels are providing, um, remove them and then, you know, start from there and it triples down and you just try to figure out where those gaps and holes are and, and how you can ultimately like reverse some of the things that haven't, haven't necessarily been going well, combine them with the things that are going well, and hopefully you have that successful season. So, you know, I, 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 at the end of the day, it could be something drastically different. Um, it could be something that's, you know, just something that happened that was unacceptable, that it, it made sense, you know, or not, not made sense, but it, it had to be done, you know, like the, the switch as CEO had to be done, um, potentially because of, you know, what happened. I, I don't know, but ultimately like, that's how I see it from the outside looking in, you're at a point where like, you don't have a long leash. You're in a small startup sports league that's seen a lot of success early on. That was progressing well. COVID affected it just like it did everything else in the world. And the results on the, the post-COVID world haven't been up to par. Um, you would hope that, you know, with for, for Chris Hannon, when he came in as CEO, he's like this from his background. He's like this, you know, he's had CEO experience and he's been like a, a high VP at other places. And he's had a lot of background in marketing. So I think that was the appeal, right? Like, oh, like this guy, he's this marketing expert um, who's had a lot of success at other companies being able to like grow their brands and help them evolve and to and go from like small to medium sized business to ultimately like enterprise company. Like this is this is the guy that we want to hire. It sounds all good until things aren't going well. And I think um, something that, you know, we've talked about in the big three community is like, you know, you bring in people with experience, but like for a sports league, do you bring in people specifically more catered to like a background with working for different sports leagues or more so like just experience in general? Right. I think that for at least for me personally, it seemed like it would make more sense to bring people in from that have worked in other sports leagues before because they kind of know how things go. Even if it's like bringing in a CEO that doesn't have a ton of marketing experience, like he probably understands the background of marketing, working within a sports league. That's just my input on it. Like, you know, again, who knows what's going on in the background, but like from the outside perspective, that's what it seems like would make the most sense. Maybe Chris Hannon does have that experience and I just don't know it. But ultimately, at the end of the day, what's done is done. Chris Hannon is out as CEO. Ice Cube will take over, and we'll see if anyone's replacing the long call. But I think for Cube, like, he's making, you know, he's, at this point, it's almost like he's doubling down. He's going to make sure this thing is successful. And I think, like, honestly, he it's not just to make it successful, but have it grow. We want to see expansion of, like, teams and players. So many guys are, like, one to more guys year in, year in, year out, are wanting to get involved in this league, whether it's, like, higher-profile guys or guys that just are looking for an opportunity. And I think Cube realizes that he wants to continue to open the door and have this league successful, but got to get some things, you know, got to get some revenue coming in, like some ticket sales were doing a little bit better, like later in the summer, views on TV are doing well, but like, I just don't think they're driving enough, like revenue uh, to ultimately be able to take that next step. So hopefully they, they can do that by putting on, um, you know, a great show, working with great venues so that, you know, everything is beneficial for, for them and just, you know, drawing more attention and people to the games 
making it more accessible for people. I think they did that from a TV perspective, but having it in the same location, uh, you know, most of the season probably isn't going to help more people learn about the league, which I, I know like there's been some restrictions on that. But hopefully, like, you know, the right things are coming, right? I, I don't want to look at this as like a, a negative thing by any means. Like, I think they've had some some turnover at the CEO spot because they're in, they're a small startup. You know, they're going through like discovery and they're, you know, they're trying to test out what's working and what's not. So a lot of trial and tribulations. And I, I see this as a positive more than anything that Cube is like, hey, it's time for me to step in and, and let's let's go get this thing. Let's make this thing happen. You know, and and if anybody can do it, you know, it, it's it's Ice Cube. So I'll trust in him to see just I'll trust in him really just to see, you know, like an incredible 2023 big three season, maybe some things that we've never seen before, success we've never seen before. I think if again, if anyone can do it, it's definitely gonna be Ice Cube. So that's really the biggest thing that's happened since the offseason. And that's a pretty big deal from, uh, you know, a personnel standpoint. But on the court standpoint, you know, like, eh, you know, guys are still doing their thing. But that's going to wrap up this first half. Make sure you tune in on the back end for our interview with, you probably have already seen the title, but with Earl Clark, Big 3 champion, 2022 Defensive Player of the Year, number two pick in last year's Big 3 draft. Just got a chance to chop it up with them. It's an interview I have been seeking forever. He's been a tough guy to get on, but I really appreciate him just like sticking with me, working with me. And when the time was ready, he was down to do it. So we got to chop it up, talk about how he got into the big three in the first place, all the way to being a big three champion. So thank you to everyone's tuning in. Make sure you follow on social at fourth man pod, subscribe on YouTube, and let's get to our interview with Earl Clark. Before we get into our interview, I want to take a quick sec to talk about Drip. Drip is a live streaming platform where you can buy and sell a multitude of items such as sports cards, Pokemon cards, Funko Pops, sports memorabilia, you name it. And you can do so all from one centralized location. And right now, if you download the app using my link in the description, you'll get $15 off your first purchase of $20 or more anywhere on Drip. Look, we all know how innovative and game-changing the big three has been on the game of basketball, and Drip is doing the same thing for collectors. So make sure you use my link in the description to download the app today and get $15 off your first purchase. And now let's get to our interview with Earl Clark. All right, so today we're excited to welcome on the an NBA vet. He was the number two pick of the 2021 Big Three Draft, this year's Defensive Player of the Year, and recently can now put this on his title, Big Three Champion, Earl Clark. Thanks again for coming on, and welcome to the show. Yes, sir. Appreciate you, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, again, want to say thank you for the time. I appreciate it. I know you're playing overseas, but, like, pretty successful summer that you just wrapped up. Let me just start here. How is life as a champion? How are you feeling going into this season overseas here in, like, the fall, wintertime? Oh, it feels great, man. Uh, winning always feels good. You know, um, uh, we started out uh, big three. We, they won a championship last year. So, you know, when I got on the team, it was uh, a, a different level of focus. You know, we wanted to definitely repeat and follow through. And I uh, feel good to definitely achieve it. Yes, sir. It's got to feel good helping them win like back to back, too, because it's a lot of pressure coming on a team that's already won it. And then with the expectation, like, hey, you're going to be that dude that's going to fill the role of our most important player last year. like. Yeah, Make sure yeah, you absolutely. have your shit up, you know. <laughs> Especially the way they did it last year. So uh, 
uh, it wasn't really too much pressure. Like I said, it was uh, it was a lot of fun, man. All them guys, I know them well. Um, and I was just having fun, man. It was just uh, it was just a great fit, honestly. And that's awesome to hear. And was this your first title in any league? Have you won a title overseas? Oh, man, uh, it's crazy. I, I play in a, in, a, in a few finals. Basically, everywhere I've been overseas, I, I've been to the finals. And uh, I haven't won once, bro. So, honestly, okay. I've been catching L's in the finals for real. Maybe <laughs> like three, four times in a row. So, uh, I won the Big East Championship in college. Mm -hmm. And uh, other than that, yeah, that's probably the only championship I had, bro. Big East, which is... It's a hell of a championship. Like I said, when I played Facts. in Big East, it was the best conference uh, college in college basketball that year. So uh, it was a it was a great achievement. But other than that, that was it. Yeah. So you just had to open the floodgates a little bit. So you got you got that first pro one. So now from here, they're just gonna keep coming. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like yeah. yeah Starting sure. the next one right yeah, now. That, that, that's how I feel too, man. So it's up from here. For sure. Uh, I want to rewind a little bit and talk about the journey a little bit getting to the big three and ultimately getting to this championship point um you know you played in the nba for a long time you've had a stellar career overseas but where did the big three opportunity come from like rewinding it back to last year before you were even picked by tri-state yeah i mean i've been watching the big three since it started i always knew that i was gonna play and i just wanted to <laughs> you know just pick which year i wanted to play and uh I just, you know, went, was signed up, man. Uh, I seen how competitive the league was, how how much fun it was. Um, I actually uh, caught a few guys coming from a flight. Uh, I was leaving Vegas with my wife, and I seen some of the guys, and they was telling me uh, how much fun the league was. Uh, Al Harrington was on the flight. Uh, okay. Uh, Banks. And uh, I chopped it up with them, you know, for a little bit on the flight. So once I got off, I knew I was going to play. And the next year, I signed up. Man, that's pretty. That's pretty cool. You got some yeah. uh, some of the OGs telling you about the league. Um, yeah, for sure. Up. I feel like yeah. the way it is here lately is like anyone and everybody's trying to be a captain, and then they got boys like ready to recruit, like hop on the nah, team. That's sure. cool. And the crazy thing is, I was supposed to be on trilogy the first year because I was. I was talking to Stack before the the draft even happened. You know what I'm saying? So uh, before the draft, I thought I was going to play for Trilogy because he told me he was going to pick me. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Man, that's crazy. Um, I just know Jay Rich was on the team. I knew Nate and uh, and those guys like that. But uh, he... so uh, then I that's when I found out I was uh, going to try State. <laughs> Man, that's crazy. Uh, so we do a draft show, and we had Dante on, and he was saying that your your name had a lot of hype in it going to the draft. So it wasn't too crazy yeah. to see you go so high. Um, did you expect yeah. to go at number two to try state? Like you had the conversation joining trilogy, but did you have any conversations with like Jay Rich, anybody on that squad? Uh, no, not at all. I didn't even. I didn't know that they was going to pick me. I mean, of course, I knew Jay Rich. I played with him in Orlando. Uh -huh. You know, and that's my guy. You know what I'm saying? Me and Jay Rich been cool since I, we've been playing together. So uh, when they picked me, I'm like, man, Dr. J going to be my coach, Jay Rich, <laughs> Nate Robinson. I was, I was definitely hyped, you know what I'm saying? It was, it was a great opportunity, but going into the situation, I thought I was going to be on Trilogy. Man, that is a crazy, yeah. uh, crazy what-if scenario with you, Jack, 
Briscoe. Oh man, yeah, that would have been, like, been scary though. I don't think that would have been fair, bro. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if it would have been either because we saw how y'all done in the past two years, and and if you and Jack are on that team too, like that's that's a crazy thought. That's a crazy trio to think of. Like maybe potentially the best we've seen in the big three. So uh yeah. oh, that convinced been, Jack to come yeah. back. <laughs> man, man, that would have been love for sure. Yeah. Talk to me about uh, the kind of the makeup of Tri-State with like Dr. J, obviously you've known Jay Rich for a while, but then you got you have a lot of these like I think the way JD described it in the past was a bunch of small Washington guards, or that's how Coach Mix might have described it or something. But like, what were your impressions of like joining Tri-State, flying under Dr. J? Um, like, you know, after expecting to be with like Stack and Trilogy. Oh man, it was fun. It was uh I feel like we had a good season. Even that year at the end of the season, we was the number one team in a big three. Mm -hmm. Uh we dropped the we dropped the egg against Trilogy actually and lost to them. But uh it was super fun, man. Just uh I used to trip me out sometimes just going to practice with being riding in the bus, you know, over to a game. I'm like, man, I'm chilling with Dr. J. He's my coach. He's <laughs> like, Dr. J is like MJ level for real. Like he's you know what I'm saying, different. He a different type of goat. Like, you know what I'm saying? He one of them boys. So it's like I just cherish every moment, you know, even with like Nate Robinson, like he's super cool, funny as hell. Like, you know what I'm saying? We had a great yeah. time. It was just a good experience. You know what I'm saying? Larry Sanders, super cool. I got close with him. So uh we just had a good time. I thought we was gonna win it for sure, but uh we just came up short. Yeah. Uh I mean, you still got a chance to go to the Bahamas. Obviously, you want to you want to come out with a title. But what's crazy to me is, I think I just put this together, is that you actually joined the team that beat you in the in the playoffs. Yeah, right? yeah, that's together. crazy. So I'm like, in my eyes, I had to win. Because yeah. think about it, if I left a team that, you know what I'm saying, <laughs> that beat us, that would have looked crazy. You know what I'm saying? But right, whatever, you know what I'm saying? Like I said, I was supposed to be with them in the first place. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, yeah. I didn't, I knew one thing I was gonna take care of business, so I wasn't really tripping about the move for him. Nah, as long as he win, everyone forgets everything else beforehand. Nah, I, so I just thought absolutely. of that right here on the spot. Yeah, it make more sense for real with with the win for sure. Facts. So obviously a tough first season with Tri-State, mostly because y'all were the number one seed. Like the way y'all came up at the end of the year was like on that team. Just yeah. maybe look at this league a lot differently. Like y'all were able to like slow down Joe. The you know, the last week kind of gave the formula for everybody else. And then, y'all, you know, you make your way to the number one seed only to fall to the four seed, like a tough four seed for sure. But yeah. then, um, you know, what did you learn from that first season? Because a lot of what I hear from other guys is like, it's a lot on your body to play overseas for most of the year. And then you come home for your like your off season, your break and then play, you know, ultimately you're playing in the big three. I know it's only eight games. I know it's every other week, but like. You know, what did you learn from that first season? Ultimately, why did you want to come back? Oh, man. Mainly because I had a lot of fun, man. I just uh, That's cool. playing at home. Like I said, I was I was playing in Europe for the last six, five, six years. So just being my kids being able to come to a game and just being able to uh, reconnect with some of the guys that I played in the NBA with. You know what I'm saying? Uh, there's been times where I've been on teams where I was the only American. So, uh it just feels good sometimes where you can just, you know, around people that just take small things for granted sometimes. Like everybody speak English or everybody. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, you've been 
coming up with camps, you know, since you was 13, 14, like, you know what I'm saying? I'm seeing guys like Mike Beasley, you know, Mario Chalmers, and, uh, you know, bring that feeling back when you was a kid and when you used to be at ABCD camp or things like that. So uh, it was just super fun, man. So I knew that the next year I, I was going to come back. Man, that's cool. Yeah, I've heard about the camaraderie in the league and just feels like it's like, it's not just like you're going to play a game. It's like you're going for like a good time with the guys. Like it's all about the yeah, experience. And well. at the same time, it's super competitive. Like, you know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. You think it's sweet, you can get your ass bust too. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Any story. CBS, everybody. You know what I'm saying? Everybody got CBS. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah. So like, you, could, you could definitely catch your issue too. So it's like it was competitive. So it was it was it was for me. Yeah. And and what's like the way I look at it sometimes, like I felt like the past two years, like the officiating's been a little questionable. But bro, I also feel like too, like that has brought out a different level in, of intensity in this league. Like we definitely saw yeah. a bunch of games this year that were super. Yeah, I, I think it, I mean I think it's both ways. I think they call it an honest, you know what I'm saying? So Yeah, yeah. I think at least like we can say that, you know what I'm saying? It's not leaning towards <laughs> anybody way. I think it's consistently, <laughs> like you said. Just a little poor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? No, nah, no. Nah. At least, yeah, at least it's consistent. But, yeah, like, I don't know. I feel like the level of intensity the past two years has just been, like, up. But, like, in a, in a good way at the end of everything. Like, when you look at who won it all, you're like, yeah, like, competitive season. But the best team no. definitely won it all. And I think we saw that again last year. Um, yeah. You know, what's crazy is, like, I feel like you had the number, you were on the number one seed last year with Tri-State. You're on the top seed this year with Trilogy. This might be a, a hard comparison for you, but, like, and and maybe not because you're on this team currently, but like looking at those two teams, like which team do you feel like was put together, uh, you know, the best of last year's tri-state team you're on, this year's trilogy team you're on? And it's crazy because they we both won championships, so it's like mm -hmm. it's hard to say. But um, I like the team I'm on for sure because I'm on the team. You know what I'm saying? I think. I'm that big of a difference, you know what I'm saying? Um, I think uh, me and Briscoe is like, um, we're just hard to handle. Amir, you know what I'm saying? He's super dog. Like it just, it just matched. It just matched perfectly. So I, I'm, I'm gonna go with the team that I'm on the trilogy team I just won. Right, and then uh, what about like the tri-state team you were on last year? Like the number one seed in tri-state last year. Yeah, that was tough too. Cause Man, yeah, that's as crazy. you can see, Jay Rich is still active. Like you know what I'm <laughs> saying? He's still going crazy. So um, man, oh, maybe know. the team I, that you won it all with. Yeah, like yeah, of course. Like I would come with with, with a team out because we won a chip and we fell short with with uh with Tri State. But I, I just feel like if uh. Nah, I'm gonna just go with Tri State, man. I'm not gonna, I mean, uh, Trilogy, I ain't gonna make no excuses, man. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you ran into the bus all of the the iteration of last year's trilogy. So yeah, 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 exactly. I can't, I, I can't make no excuses, man. We lost, so <laughs> whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, but champion now. Um, kind of want to continue this story on, like, okay, you're in the off season now, long off season. You're going to play overseas. And, like, Jack ends up leaving um, the league. You know, he's one and done, won it all, rode out of the sunset. What's, you know, how are the conversations early on when they find out Jarrett's leaving 
and there's now an open captaincy spot. And, you know, after the story you just said, like, probably thinking, Zach's probably thinking, like, hey, how can we get this team on? But, like, what's the conversation like starting in the offseason? Yeah, I mean, uh, I was in in tune with Stack, like I said, before the league even. Um, before I even thought about playing in the league, I knew him. So um, it was just casual conversation. He hit me like, man, if you, the captain spot is yours if you want it. You know what I'm saying? So um, in Tri-State, you know, um, it was just a situation where I don't think it was enough captain spots. I thought uh, mm -hmm. And I know he was tied in with those guys, so I know it was, you know, I didn't really just want to wait around, and you know what I'm saying? Uh, I, like I said, I was going to be on Trilogy anyway the first year, so uh, it was an opportunity, and uh, I thought I felt good, fit good over there, and uh, I just made that move, you know what I'm saying? And I hit him back a few weeks before it started and let him know that uh, I was going to play with them. Man, that's cool. Super casual. Uh, they got the guy. I think it worked out for everybody because – you know, JD yeah, got his sure. spot solidified. You got your spot solidified. You want to chip. Yeah, you know, exactly. So. And I was happy for JD, too, because I feel like he he deserved that that captain spot as well because, he, I mean, he played well for a guy that didn't get drafted. He killed the combine and all that. So, uh, yeah, that's my guy. So I was happy he got that captain spot. Yeah. Uh, you talked a little bit about the make of this team, like what, just what makes y'all so dangerous. And... Um, you guys do like a lot of things like really well. I would love to know from you, like, what do you feel like the strength of your team is uh, this past year that made y'all so successful, especially down the stretch? Man, I just think uh, we can guard, bro. Um, yeah. I think a lot of people sleep on the defense, even, I mean, just Briscoe, me, and Amir. Like, we can switch. We all play key factors in defense. We always get key stops in the game. You just. It's me, Amir, or Briscoe. So it's like, um, it's like it don't matter if I shot even falling a little bit. It's all right because we can get stops, you know what I'm saying? So I mm -hmm. think that's the key, you know what I'm saying? Getting stops and rebounding. You know, with me, Amir, control the glass, you know what I'm saying? We keep people in front of us. That And offensively, it's easy. We all can score. So mm -hmm. it's like, if we get stops, we're going to win. That's why I always was preaching since the beginning. Bro, let me go back to... The thing you said about defense, y'all, you just came off a defensive player of the year award, but I, I still feel like you don't get credited with the respect you deserve on defense. And I was actually in preparation for this interview. I was just seeing that there were some old interviews on you in the past. And I saw one from eight years ago and you're still talking about defense back there, what you can do. Um, yeah. And even after a defensive player of the year, setting the steals record blocks and steals, like I still don't know if the league has, described enough how well, if not, you know, maybe being the best defender in the league. Do you feel like you're still proving a point on defense, even after, you know, racking up, you know, an, a defensive player of the year award amongst probably other accolades? Yeah, I, um, I think for sure. I mean, I think they just be sleeping on me, period. <laughs> I mean, even last year, Tri-State, like I'm going guys like Joe Johnson, and you know what I'm saying, two times in a row. He's killing the league, you know what I'm saying? When he when we play against Tri-State, no, that, that wasn't happening. Like, you know what I'm saying? It wasn't yeah. going. But you know what I'm I feel like the last week one, I feel like Joe got down on me. Like he got a few few moves, you know what I'm saying? And uh I ain't gonna lie, it bothered me, you know what I'm saying? And that's why I came back from week one. You seen what time what I was on, you know what I'm saying? He woke me up for sure, but 
I just feel like even last year, nobody said nothing about my defense or anything, even this year. I mean, I'm strapping, I'm doing whatever. I'm, I'm guarding guards, bigs, whatever. But at the same time, it's like they saying something, but they brushing it under the rug, which is cool. Like, I don't, I don't really do it for recognition. I'm just, yeah, yeah. just when my, when my name come up, just put some respect on. That's all I ask. But I feel the same way. I just feel like they be sleeping. I mean, with everything. Yeah, I just like that put in perspective for me. I'm like, this dude was talking about this eight years ago, probably done way more yeah. since then. And still, like, even after defensive player of the year, you know, and, and like breaking records, like, I don't know. I just feel like that's not discussed enough. Um, you're in the, you're in the basketball inner circle, like brotherhood. So you probably know it better, but I just don't feel like in the outside community, especially in the big three community, that's being discussed enough. Um, you know, for sure. They what definitely, you defensively. Yeah, they definitely don't mention it enough or don't because, because I mean, it's crazy stuff. I mean, the stat line that I put up is, is insane if you really think about it. For them to not even – even for the MVP and all that. Like, I'm, yeah, yeah. It had me fifth place voting. Like, how? When I'm leading in most of the categories, my team <laughs> number one. And it's like, bro, I'm having my way out here. So it's like, how? Yeah. Like, okay, even too hard to guard. Like, come on, son. Like, bro <laughs> – yeah, I'm guarding, and who's guarding me? I'm I'm, I'm scoring on guards and bigs, mid range threes, post up like what? And we the number ones. Like I don't I don't really be getting what people really be seeing or what they be thinking. But I just play ball. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. End of the day, you know what I'm saying? We we got the rings, so that's all that matters. Facts. I think the MVP award and the Too Hard to Guard award have become attached together the past two years. Where I feel like yeah. they, they really need to be split. Like that is such a, di a difference in being like the most valuable player and like just being a dude who can get a bucket whenever he wants and can't be stopped. Yeah, you know? exactly. And I, I really do feel like, because I, I think I made a post about you and there's this conversation about should he maybe be in the MVP? Well, you're lead, like you said, leading the league in rebounding and steals. Only person with double digits blocks and steals, uh, you know, top 10 in points. I mean, like, that uh, seems like you're hitting all facets of the game. Um, yeah, come on, man. Like, it's got to be a tough conversation for, like, all guys when, like, Murph is over here scoring, like, 26 a game in a game that goes to 50. Yeah, right? and that's another thing, like, but at, does Murph, like, not, not to take away here, he's a hell of a player, but, like, he's the guy on that team. He's the volume shooter, like. Yeah. That's another thing. Like, I think I'm going to took, like, maybe four, three, four free throws the whole – I'm. My basket is all baskets, like all yeah. you know what I'm saying. Isolation, getting money, tough shot baskets, like. And I'm playing with a killer with Briscoe, who's you know yeah, what I'm yeah. saying. He's downhill. He's a demon. All I gotta pick <laughs> my spot. So it's like nobody's doing that, bro. <laughs> like yeah. they don't really think. They're not really sitting back and, and really thinking and looking at that. But yeah, and you were and you were starting the year. It's like. As the fourth man, really, you were coming off the bench to start the first couple games. Yeah, um, man. How does that happen? Like I said, man. Hey, like that's I a conversation for Stack. He even won you on the team. Man. And he rewarded you with the first man off the bench spot. Yeah, come on, man. That is, but you know what I'm saying? We had to get that right. You know what I'm saying? It, yeah. it worked. You see, it ain't take long. You know what I mean? So, yeah. I respected it. Like I said, I respect them guys. I was new on the team. What can I say? They just wanted to chip. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's just, just what it is. You you brought up Briscoe a little bit. I would just love to 
hear your perspective, but like what makes him so tough and and why do you feel like he's still or he, you know, he hasn't gotten another shot in the NBA, um, despite what he's doing, you know. <laughs> it seems like he's doing everything outside of, you know, just yeah. the NBA, but he can't get that that look. Yeah, um, Resco is a unique basketball player. It's like you know what he's gonna do, but you still can't stop it. Like mm-hmm. he's super strong. Stronger than most guards. Um, he's downhill. His left hand is uh, tremendous. And uh, he can go both ways. And um, his shot is improved. So yeah. it's like uh, it's like not people can't say he's not getting better. He's still young. He's still growing. He's getting better. It's just that uh, it sucks. But in, uh, NBA is not enough spots, bro. Uh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, it's just, and I always tell people all the time. I had this conversation. Like I wish they would like utilize the G League more and like um and and pay people more so a lot of kids can stay home and they yeah. they can be one of the best leagues better than Europe. I mean, I be telling people sometimes it might be better than some NBA games because we have that much talent that's <laughs> at home already. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's just uh, especially the point guard position. That's to me. That's the hardest position in the league. Yeah, there's so many tough guards <laughs> in the states, bro. If you can go to any state, any corner, it's a little guard that can get buckets. That can, you know, what I'm saying, magician with the ball. So, um, it just it's a numbers game, bro. So I feel like uh, even Briscoe, he gets slept on a lot and uh, kind of get lost in the shuffle because it's, it's so much talent here. Yeah, that's been a, a topic of discussion we've had a lot this year. Is just talking about like. Uh, all right, you get to play in the G League, you get to be stateside. You're, like, literally, like, inches away from being an NBA team. But at the same time, like, how long do you stay? Because you're just not getting paid anything to be yeah, devoted to life. Yeah, other opportunities, man. People got families, and it's, like, yeah, uh, yeah. tough, man. At the same time, it's, like, it, it's the greatest opportunity because it's right there. It's, like, right. you're right there in the NBA, but it's one step away. So you, they see you. But like I said, um, sometimes it's like, how long do you stay, you know? Yeah. Uh, hopefully Briscoe gets that shot. But it's cool to see that he's open to any opportunity with, you know, that could potentially make him successful. And just uh, uh, you can see it's like really put a lot of work into it. Yeah. yeah for sure. He's a hard um, worker. Man. I want to go back to the season real quick because I mentioned that y'all had a great run down the stretch. I don't think y'all lost after week four. Um but the game in week four that you lost was that first game against Aliens. But that was a pretty tough one just because oh, there's some missed opportunities there and they took advantage of them. How did y'all feel like that changed the course of your season um, ultimately? Uh, uh, yeah, that one hurt because uh, we gave the game away. Like I was saying, uh, I think we left maybe, I think, 12 points on the line. I mm-hmm. think I missed three throws. Briscoe missed like four. I think Amir missed maybe one or two. So uh, we were struggling, and uh, we didn't make our free throws. So uh, we made our free throws. The game would have been over a long time ago. Um, the aliens, I feel like they couldn't play with us. Um, <laughs> we were just a better team all around, you know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, so yeah. It was just like, well, it sucks we should have never lost to them. That's why we played them in the playoffs. We was like, well, it's, it's, we got to win this game because we just remembered, like, we lost. We gave that game away. And I don't know what it was with the aliens in the big three, but they want them to win so bad. Like, 
They gave them a bye. Then they lost two yeah. in a row. I'm like, how they in the playoffs? They just lost two in a row or something. I'm like, bro, this is crazy. But uh, we got them up out of there. But, uh, yeah, it was just uh, – we just knew that we had to tighten up and make our free throws. And I think after that, we 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 uh, we shot great from the free throw line. Man, yeah. Uh, I think that was just really the biggest difference, just missing free throws and – they got a like the first game they had a ridiculous amount of rebounds. I think the second game, yeah, for sure. Y'all came yeah. in and were like, What's "No, nah. DJ Steven, something. He's he's a hell of an athlete. He's tough." Yeah, they. Uh, I think they had like forty four here, twenty five. But like that second game, y'all were just hitting on all cylinders. Came back a little bit, you know, like we we talked about it earlier with the officiating. So came back a little bit, like y'all did yeah. your thing. Aliens were were an interesting conversation all year because. Like you like what they bring to the table, but they also played all their wins yeah, exactly. from bad teams. I knew it was going to be scary because they play the right way. They always crash and they cutting, and it's different from just like checking the rock and like going ISO. Like they really run plays and all that. So, but they needed gotta, that. Like if you think about nah, it, for sure, their yeah, team needed the team. that. It, it took too long for them to score. Like their dudes just couldn't get. They were not getting the uh, ISO. <laughs> situations they're hoping for maybe in like the other weeks they play on right yeah exactly yeah like uh definitely was missing that but yeah that um like you say you got him up out of there um so and that that game from there like you guys didn't lose again um i want to like fast forward all the way to the championship game you guys do your thing against alien round out the regular season you guys are in the championship game the game is pretty tight throughout like um you're there in atlanta game is pretty tight going kind of head-to-head -head with power. And then you guys just kind of, like, slip away and ultimately end up winning by, like, 15 points. Yeah. When did you know that you guys were about to, like, really run away with it and, and win it? Because it seemed like there was a point where it's like, all right, let's just go finish this, wrap this up, and get number two. Yeah, it was just, like, the whole season, we just kept chipping away, like, getting stops, getting stops, getting stops. And uh, we just we just played our basketball, bro. And um towards the end we started clicking. I got a few buckets and um and I knew I mean I knew it was over. I knew we was gonna win, but once we was locked in defensively and we started getting some stops, I knew we was good. Yeah. That game was uh that game was tough because I felt like Glenn Rice just kept coming back, but like y'all y'all made the stops you needed to, and I don't think anybody else could do anything against y'all and yeah, for sure. How'd y'all celebrate? I mean, you guys were in, in the A. Oh uh, man, we got uh, a we bunch of celebrities time. in town. Yeah, we um we chilled when we was in the locker room for a minute, just uh drinking champagne and mm -hmm. laughing, taking pictures with the family with the trophy. And we went out to uh got some food and um we just chilled for the rest of the night, bro. Just got some food, chilled in the lounge and relaxed. Then we all left the next day. Nice. Well, I I did. I I flew out the next day, next morning. Man, that's what's up. Um, I'm I'm imagining that you guys kind of reminisced on some points of the season that you guys enjoyed. Did you have any favorite moment from the season that really stuck out? Whether it's just like a a team moment or just overall goal that you set out and you and you hit. Oh man, just uh, just a win, bro, and like uh. Just the camaraderie and just every day, just it was fun with the guys, bro. So from the shooting game, from Briscoe and flight, 
arguing every day. <laughs> and, uh, man, we're just fun times, man. We just come together. We go out to eat before the game sometimes. And uh, every day, bro, we, like I said, we were just laughing and hooping, bro. And that's all you can ask for, man. Uh, that's why I love the big three. And uh, every time I see Ice Cube, I, I thank him for the opportunity because uh, the league is super fun, man. And uh, to play competitive basketball still in the States and him be able to create the opportunity is uh, it's something I'm not going to take for granted. Yes, sir. Facts. That's a good perspective. I think um... – just the league league is growing and you guys are really the foundation, the pioneers of it. So like just to see the time and like enjoyment that you guys are having is cool from a fan's perspective like myself. So congrats on a great season. Congrats on winning the chip. Congrats on the accolades you achieved this year. Let me ask you real quick, a couple of questions. One, do you use the big three? Like when playing in the big three, do you ever have aspirations of getting back in the league through this? I know that you yeah. spent a little time in the G League last year or were planning on it or something like that, but, like, ultimately it didn't work out that way. Do you use that as, like, a – do you use the league as potentially getting back in the NBA or is it more so just you enjoy the league and you play in it? Yeah, man, I'm always thinking about getting back in the NBA because I know mm -hmm. I'm an NBA player and I know that uh, I can help any NBA team. I just need just an opportunity just to get out there. And uh, I know a lot of people feel that way too, but I always, I'm always working towards reaching my full potential and getting better. So that's not my only goal. Like I play basketball because I've been playing since I was five and I love it. And um, I'm chasing something to be in my best self, the best version of me. You know what I'm saying? So mm -hmm. either I'm playing the big three, if I'm in Puerto Rico, if I'm in Turkey, you know what I'm saying? You always gonna hear about me getting better and doing my thing, you know what I'm saying, at the highest level. And I'm not saying I, I don't never had dropped the egg or I have bad games, but for the most part, you're going, you're going to see what time it is with me. You know what I'm saying? So I'm yeah. always thinking about the NBA. I know where I'm supposed to be, and I know where I come from, man. Like I said, I'm an NBA baby. Like I said, I always wanted to be in the NBA since, since I was five years old. I went through high school. I went through all the camps, all the NBA camps, all the, all the ranks. So... You know what I'm saying? I always see myself at that light, so I hold myself to that standard. So I'm always putting that type of work in. You know what I'm saying? Man, that's dope. And you can definitely tell, even like just me watching you for a couple of years in the big three, like you can tell drastically the difference based off work and opportunity at the same time. So, man, I love to hear that. It makes me like want to push in that same way and like just reach my full potential as well. So cool to hear you say that. And the last yeah, thing I just wanted to ask yeah. is – uh just any goals you have for you know this this season you're playing overseas right now that you're you're setting out before maybe next summer in the big three. Yeah, I mean uh, I'm in the Philippines right now. I got here uh, last week. I'm gonna, okay. I play out here for this conference out here right now, and uh, I just every day I just want to win the day, man. That's those are my goals. Uh, you know, tomorrow not promised to any of us, but I know um, you know you can't you can't buy time. So when I wake up tomorrow, I'm trying to lock in and make sure that I put this pain in so I could be better the next day or better for, for the season. And my goal is to when I leave here, I, I want to come home better than the player I was when I when I touched down. So either I just have to figure that out. You know what I'm saying? Every league I played in, it was a challenge of, you know, um, how I'm going to succeed or how I'm going to get my team to the playoffs or how I'm going to 
started off with scoring three games, 30 in a row. Now they double team. How can I, you know what I'm How can I beat this defense? So it's always something that I'm trying to, you know, uh, push forward to and try to beat a code. So it's always, it's always a challenge and it's always fun. So. Facts. Cool, man. Well, uh, hope you have that fun and you, you know, face those challenges and accomplish everything you're trying to overseas and uh, best of luck you know, this fall, this winter. Um, congrats again on a great season. Excited to hopefully see you back next year. Try to get that two-peat. Um, yes, sir. Four-peat and uh, appreciate the time. Best of luck again. Man, thanks for having me. I had a great time and I appreciate you, bro. Keep doing your thing. Yes, sir. Appreciate you as well. Enjoy the conversation. Have a good one. All right. That was our interview with Earl Clark, Big Three champion and defensive player of the year. Dude's already back with another team getting ready for his overseas season in the Philippines. So best of luck to him and excited to see how Trilogy, you know, how, how they do when they come back return as two-time defending champions. Like, are they going to be able to, to do it for a third time? We should know, or, you know, we shall see, but Trilogy is a three-time champion. I just want to thank Earl Clark again. Uh, and thank you to everyone who's tuning into this episode today. Again, make sure you guys are following on social media at Fourth Man Pod. Trying to post, just kind of like highlight not just this past season, but seasons, you know, before that, you know, all, all the way back to 2017 throughout the offseason. I'll be doing a lot of that. Also, make sure you're still tuned in because I'll post, uh, you know, po make posts about the, the latest episodes that are coming out, uh, trying to do, again, some trying to get some guys on, do some interviews, do kind of some post recap on the season, whether it's like rookies or guys that have been in the league for a while. So still trying to do those interviews, probably leading up to the holiday season. I would say maybe even a couple, I don't want to guarantee, but maybe I'll even do a couple after Thanksgiving if the time is allotted for it. Um, not only on my side, but guest sides as well. So that'll be the goal throughout the 2020 two season and then coming into 2023 we're gonna ramp some things up baby got some some ideas in place and uh we're gonna try to gonna try to really make this a fun off season uh an engaging off season and we're like when we go into the 2023 season like it's gonna be like you've been waiting for christmas the whole year that's that's ultimately what we're trying to do on this end at the fourth man so again thanks to everyone who is tuned in and we'll see you guys next time listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube